Chapter 12, verses 47 through 59. Of Catina Aria, Gospel of St. Luke, Part 2, by St. Thomas Aquinas. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Verses 47 and 48. And that servant which knew his Lord's will, and prepared not himself, neither did according to his will, shall be beaten with many stripes. But if he knew not, and did commit things worthy of stripes, shall be beaten with few stripes, for unto whomsoever much is given, of him shall be much required. And to whom men have committed much, of him they will ask the more. Theophylact, Our Lord here points to something still greater and more terrible. For the unfaithful steward shall not only be deprived of the grace he had, so that it should profit him nothing in escaping judgment, but the greatness of his dignity shall the rather become a cause of his condemnation. Hence it is said, And that servant who knew his Lord's will, and did it not, shall be beaten with many stripes. Chrysostom, for all things are not judged alike in all. But greater knowledge is an occasion of greater punishment. Therefore shall the priest, committing the same sin with the people, suffer a far heavier penalty. Cyril, for the man of understanding who has given up his will, to baser things, will shamelessly implore pardon, because he has committed an inexcusable sin, departing, as it were, maliciously from the will of God. But the rude or unlearned man will more reasonably ask for pardon of the avenger. Hence it is added, But he that knew not and did commit things worthy of stripes shall be beaten with few stripes. Theophylact. Here some object, saying, He is deservedly punished, who, knowing the will of his Lord, pursues it not. But why is the ignorant punished? Because when he might have known, he would not, but being himself slothful, was the cause of his own ignorance. Basil, but you will say, if the one indeed received many stripes, and the other few, how do some say he assigns no end to punishments? For we must know that what is here said assigns neither measure nor end of punishments, but their differences. For a man may deserve unquenchable fire to either a slight or more intense degree of heat, and the worm that dieth not with greater or more violent gnawings. Theophylact. But he who goes on to show why teachers and learned men deserve a severe punishment, as it is said, for unto whomsoever much is given, of him much required. Teachers indeed are given the grace to perform miracles, but entrusted the grace of speech and learning, but not in that which is given. He says, Is anything more to be sought, but in that which is entrusted or deposited, for the grace of the word needs increase, but from a teacher more is required, for he should not lie idle, but improve the talent of the word. Bede or else much is often given also to certain individuals upon whom is bestowed the knowledge of God's will and the means of performing what they know. Much also is given to him to whom, together with his own salvation, is committed the care also of feeding our Lord's flock. Upon those, then, who are gifted with more abundant grace, a heavier penalty falls. But the mildest punishment of all will be theirs, who, beyond the guilt they originally contracted, have already none besides, and in all who have added, theirs will be the more tolerable who have committed fewest iniquities. 
verses 49 through 53. I am come to send fire on the earth, and what if I, if it be already kindled? But I have a baptism to be baptized with, and how am I straightened till it be accomplished? Suppose ye that I am come to give peace on earth? I tell you nay, but rather division. For from henceforth there shall be five in one house divided, three against two, and two against three. The father shall be divided against the son, and the son against the father, the mother against the daughter, and the daughter against the mother, the mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law, and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. Ambrose, to stewards, that is, to priests, the preceding words seem to have been addressed, that they may thereby know that hereafter a heavier punishment awaits them, if intent upon the world's pleasures, they have neglected the charge of their lord's household, and the people entrusted to their care. But as it profiteth little to be called from error by the fear of punishment, and far greater is the privilege of charity and love, our lord therefore kindles in men the desire of acquiring the divine nature, saying, I came to send fire on earth. Not indeed that he is the consumer of good men, but the author of good will, who purifies the golden vessels of the Lord's house, but burns up the straw and stubble. Cyril. Now it is the way of holy scripture to use sometimes the term fire, of holy and divine words. For as they who know how to purify gold and silver destroy the dross by fire, so the Savior, by the teaching of the gospel in the power of the Spirit, cleanses the minds of those who believe in him. This, then, is that wholesome and useful fire by which the inhabitants of earth, in a manner cold and dead through sin, revive to a life of piety. Chrysostom, for by the earth he now means not that which we tread under our feet, but that which was fashioned by his hands, namely man, upon whom the Lord pours out fire for the consuming of sins and the renewing of souls. Titus Bost, for we must here believe that Christ came down from heaven, for if he had come from earth to earth, he would not say, I came to send fire upon the earth. Cyril, but our Lord was hastening the kindling of the fire, and hence it follows, and what will I save that it be kindled? For already some of the Jews believed, of whom the first were the holy apostles, but the fire once lighted in Judea was about to take possession of the whole world, yet not till after the dispensation of his passion had been accomplished. Hence it follows, but I have a baptism to be baptized with. For before the holy cross and his resurrection from the dead, in Judea only was the news told of his preaching and miracles, but after that the Jews in their rage had slain the prince of life, then commanded that he his apostles, saying, Go and teach all nations, Gregory, or else fire is set upon the earth, when, by the fiery breath of the Holy Spirit, the earthly mind has all its carnal desires burnt up, but inflamed with spiritual love, bewails the evil it has done, and so the earth is burnt, when the conscience accusing itself, the heart of the sinner, is consumed in the sorrow of repentance. Bede, but he adds, I have a baptism to be baptized with, that is, I have first to be sprinkled with the drops of my own blood, and then to inflame the hearts of believers by the fire of the Spirit. Ambrose. But so great was our Lord's condescension, that he tells us, 
he has a desire of inspiring us with devotion of accomplishing perfection in us and of hastening his passion for us as it follows and how am i straightened till it be accomplished bede some manuscripts have and how am i anguished that is grieved for though he had in himself nothing to grieve him yet was he afflicted by our woes and at the time of death he betrayed the anguish which he underwent not from the fear of his death but from the delay of our redemption for he who is troubled till he reaches perfection is secure of perfection for the condition of bodily affections not the dread of death offends him for he who has put on the body must suffer all things which are of the body hunger thirst vexation sorrow but the divine nature knows no change from such feelings at the same time he also shows that in the conflict of suffering consists the death of the body peace of mind has no struggle with grief bede but the manner in which after the baptism of his passion and the coming of the spiritual fire the earth will be burnt he declares as follows suppose ye that i am to give peace etc Cyril, what sayest thou o lord didst thou not come to give peace who art made peace for us making peace by thy cross with things in earth and things in heaven who saidest my peace i give unto you but it is plain that peace is indeed a good but sometimes hurtful and separating us from the love of god that is when by it we unite with those who keep away from god and for this reason we teach the faithful to avoid earthly bonds hence it follows for from henceforth there shall be five in one house divided three against two etc ambrose though the connection would seem to be of six persons father and son mother and daughter mother-in-law and daughter-in-law yet they are five for the mother and the mother-in-law may be taken as the same since she who is the mother of the son is the mother-in-law of his wife chrysostom now hereby he declared a future event for it so happened in the same house that there have been believers whose fathers wished to bring them to unbelief but the power of christ's doctrines has so prevailed that fathers were left by sons mothers by daughters and children by parents for the faithful in christ were content not only to despise their own but at the same time also to suffer all things as long as they were not without the worship of their faith but if he were mere man how would it have occurred to him to conceive it possible that he should be more loved by fathers than their children were by children than their fathers by husbands than their wives and they too not in one house or a hundred but throughout the world and not only did he predict this but accomplished it indeed ambrose now in a mystical sense the one house is one man but by two we often mean the soul and the body but if two things meet together each one has its part there is one which obeys another which rules but there are three conditions of the soul one concerned with reason another with desire the third with anger two then are divided against three and three against two for by the coming of christ man who was material becomes rational we were carnal and earthly god sent his son into our hearts and we became spiritual children we may also say that in the house there are five others that is smell touch taste sight and hearing if then with respect to those things which we hear or see separating the sense of sight and hearing we shut out the worthless pleasures of the body 
which we take in by our taste, touch, and smell, we divide two against three, because the mind is not carried away by the allurements of vice. Or if we understand the five bodily senses, already the vices and sins of the body divided among themselves. The flesh and the soul may also seem separated from the smell, touch, and taste of pleasure, for while the stronger sex of reason is impelled, as it were, to manly affections, the flesh strives to keep the reason more effeminate. Out of these, then, there spring up the motions of different desires. But when the soul returns to itself, it renounces the degenerate offspring. The flesh also bewails that it is fastened down by its desires, which has borne to itself, as by the thorns of the world. But pleasure is a kind of daughter-in-law of the body and soul, and is wedded to the motions of foul desire. As long, then, as there remained in one house, the vices conspiring together with one consent, there seemed to be no division. But when Christ sent fire upon the earth, which should burn out the offenses of the heart, or the sword which should pierce the very secrets of the heart, then the flesh and soul, renewed by the mysteries of regeneration, cast off the bond of connection with their offspring, so that parents were divided against their children, while the intemperate man gets rid of his intemperate desires, and the soul has no more fellowship with crime. Children also are divided against parents, when men having become regenerate renounce their old vices, and younger pleasure flies from the rule of piety, as from the discipline of a strict house. Bede, or in another way, by three are signified those who have faith in the Trinity, by two the unbelievers who depart from the unity of the faith. But the Father is the devil, whose children we are by following him. But when that heavenly fire came down, it separated us from one another, and showed us another Father who is in heaven. The mother is the synagogue, the daughter is the primitive church, who had to bear the persecution of that same synagogue, from whom she derived her birth, and whom she did herself in the truth of the faith contradict. The mother-in-law is the synagogue, the daughter-in-law the Gentile church, for Christ is the husband of the church, is the son of the synagogue, according to the flesh. The synagogue then is divided both against its daughter-in-law and its daughter, persecuting believers of each people, and they also were divided against their mother-in-law and mother, because they wished to abolish the circumcision of the flesh. Verses 54 through 57. And he said also to the people, When ye see a cloud rise out of the west, straightway ye say, There cometh a shower, and so it is. And when ye see the south wind blow, ye say, There will be heat, and it cometh to pass. Ye hypocrites, ye can discern the face of the sky and of the earth. But how is it that ye do not discern this time? Yea, and why even of yourselves judge ye not what is right? Theophylact. When he spoke about preaching and called it a sword, his hearers may have been troubled, not knowing what he meant. And therefore our Lord adds, that as men determine the state of the weather by certain signs, so ought they to know his coming. And this is what he means by saying, When ye see a cloud arise out of the west, straightway ye say, There cometh a shower. And when ye see the south wind blowing, ye say, There will be heat, etc. As if he says, Your words and works show me to be opposed to you. You may therefore suppose that I came not to give peace, but the storm and whirlwind, 
for I am a cloud, and I come out of the west, that is, from human nature, which has been long since clothed with a thick darkness of sin. I came also to send fire, that is, to stir up heat, for I am the strong south wind opposed to the northern coldness. Bede, or they who from the change of the elements can easily, when they like predeterminate the state of the weather, might if they wished also to understand the time of our Lord's coming from the words of the prophets. Cyril, for the prophets have in many ways foretold the mystery of Christ. It became them, therefore, if they were wise, to stretch their prospect beyond to the future. Nor will ignorance of the time to come avail them after the present life, for there will be wind and rain and a future punishment by fire, and this is signified when it is said, A shower cometh. It became them also not to be ignorant of the time of salvation, that is, the coming of the Savior, through whom perfect piety entered into the world. And this is meant when it is said, Ye say that there will be heat, whence it follows in censure of them, ye hypocrites, ye can discern the face of the sky and the earth. But how is it that ye do not discern this time? Basil, now we must observe that conjectures concerning the stars are necessary to the life of man, as long as we do not push our searches into their signs beyond due limits. For it is possible to discover some things with respect to coming rain, still more concerning heat and the force of the winds, whether partial or universal, stormy or gentle. But the great advantage that is rendered to life by these conjectures is known to everyone, for it is of importance to the sailor to foreknow the dangers of storms, to the traveler the changers of the weather, to the husbandman the abundant supply of his fruits. Bede. But lest any of the people should allege their ignorance of the prophetical books as a reason why they could not discern the courses of the times, he carefully adds, And why, even of yourselves, judge ye not what is right, showing them that although unlearned, they might still by their natural ability discern him, who did works such as none other man did, to the above man, and to be God, and that therefore, after the injustice of this world, the just judgment of the creation would come. Origin. But had it not been implanted in our nature to judge what is right, our Lord would never have said this. Verses 58 and 59. When thou goest with thine adversary to the magistrate, as thou art in the way, give diligence that thou mayest be delivered from him, lest he hail thee to the judge, and the judge deliver thee to the officer, and the officer cast thee into prison. I tell thee that thou shalt not depart thence, till thou hast paid the very last mite. Theophylact. Our Lord, having described a rightful difference, next teaches us a rightful reconciliation, saying, When thou goest with thine adversary to the magistrate, as thou art in the way, give diligence that thou mayest be delivered from him, etc., as if he says, when thine adversary is bringing thee to judgment, give diligence, that is, try every method to be released from him, or give diligence, that is, although thou hast nothing, borrow in order that thou mayest be released from him, lest he summon thee before the judge, as it follows, lest he hail thee to the judge, and the judge deliver thee to the officer, and the officer cast thee into prison. Cyril where thou wilt suffer want till thou payest the last farthing. And this is what he adds, I say unto you, thou shalt not depart thence. Chrysostom, 
it seems to me that he is speaking of the present judges and of the way to the present judgment and of the prison of this world for by these things which are visible and at hand ignorant men are wont to gain improvement for often he gives a lesson not only from future good and evil but from present for the sake of his ruder hearers ambrose or our adversary is the devil who lays his baits for sin that he may have those his partners in punishment who were his accomplices in crime our adversary is also every vicious practice lastly our adversary is an evil conscience which affects us both in this world and will accuse us and betray us in the next let us then give heed while we are in this life's course that we may be delivered from every bad act as from an evil enemy nay while we are going with our adversary to the magistrate as we are in the way we should condemn our fault but who is the magistrate but he in whose hands is all power but the magistrate delivers the guilty to the judge that is to him to whom he gives the power over the quick and dead namely jesus christ through whom the secrets were made manifest and the punishment of wicked works awarded he delivers to the officer and the officer casts into prison for he says bind him hand and foot and cast him into outer darkness and he shows that his officers are the angels of whom he says the angels shall come forth and sever the wicked from among the just and shall cast them into the furnace of fire but it is added i tell thee thou shalt not depart from hence till thou hast paid the very last might for as they who pay money on interest do not get rid of the debt of interest before that the amount of the whole principal is paid even up to the last sum and every kind of payment so by the compensation of love and the other acts or by each particular kind of satisfaction the punishment of sin is cancelled origin or else he here introduces four characters the adversary the magistrate the officer and the judge but with matthew the character of the magistrate is left out and instead of the officer a servant is introduced they differ also in that the one has written a farthing and the other a mite but each has called it the last now we say that all men have present with them two angels a bad one who encourages them to wicked deeds a good one who persuades all to the best now the former our adversary whenever we sin rejoices knowing that he has an occasion for exaltations and boasting with the prince of the world who sent him but in the greek the adversary is written with the article to signify that he is one out of many seeing that each individual is under the ruler of his nation give diligence then that you may be delivered from your adversary or from the ruler to whom the adversary drags you by having wisdom justice fortitude and temperance but if you have given diligence let it be in him who says i am the life otherwise the adversary will hail thee to the judge now he says hail to point out that they are forced unwillingly to condemnation but i know no other judge but our lord jesus christ who delivers the officer each of us has our own officers the officers exercise rule over us if we owe anything if i paid every man everything i come to the officers and answer with a fearless heart i owe them nothing but if i am a debtor the officer will cast me into prison nor will he suffer me to go out from thence till i have paid every debt for the officer has no power to let me off even a farthing he who forgave one debtor five hundred pence and another fifty was the lord 
but the exactor is not the master, but one appointed by the master to demand the debts. But the last might he calls slight and small, for our sins are either heavy or slight. Happy then is he who sinneth not, and next in happiness he who has sinned lightly. Even among slight sins there is diversity, otherwise he would not say until he has paid the last might. For if he owes a little, he shall not come out till he pays the last might. But he who has been guilty of a great debt will have endless ages for his payment. Bede. Or else our adversary in the way is the word of God, which opposes our carnal desires in this life, from which he is delivered who is subject to its precepts. Else he will be delivered to the judge. For of contempt of God's word, the sinner will be accounted guilty in the judgment of the judge. The judge will deliver him to the officer, that is, the evil spirit for punishment. He will then be cast into prison, that is, to hell, where because he will ever have to pay the penalty by suffering, but never by paying it obtain pardon, he will never come out from thence, but with that most terrible serpent the devil will expiate everlasting punishment. End of chapter 12